Johnny, here we are, season two, episode preview. That's a good name for <laughs> for this episode. It only took us like 17 years to get to season two, Jeff, but, well, uh, but I'm happy that we're here. 350 episodes in season one. Season two, we're looking at 10 episodes, not including this one. We're trying. We're we're changing up the way that we do things, trying to make it a little more bite-sized. If you're, uh, you know, we we kind of ate an elephant with uh, 200 churches podcast, one bite at a time to get to 350. But looking forward to the next elephant, we were like, you know, maybe we should just do 10 at a time. So, well, I told you that I have I have missed the weekly episodes for me sure. personally. For me personally, I have not grown like I have in the past. I have not been sharp and and on my game because I haven't been every single week talking to people about ministry, church life, just anything to do with, with pastoral ministry. And I was looking, and last year, up to this point last year, we had 26 episodes in the camp. Sure. Yeah. So far this year, we've done 12. We fell off, man. We really fell we did. off. <laughs> We did. So we want to get back to it. And uh, th- this is this is kind of a summer episode right here. And uh, beginning of September, we're going to start season two. And yeah. we're, ta- we're talking about a number of things. But before we get into that, Johnny, it's uh, the first part of August. And yep. we, we've been in we've been in limbo um, for a while in a lot of different <laughs> ways. You know, yeah. limbo not strictly defined. But you know what I mean, and oh yeah, there's been some good to it. There's been some bad to it. And um, tell me what you've been. Uh, tell me, tell me where you're at today. Where are you at today in terms of your role as a pastor at your church? And then we can talk about a little bit about family. Oh man, so it took me. We so we've been doing this pandemic dance now for five months, right? So our first Sunday to not have church was March 15. So we're talking next week will be August 15. Now we're back, but we're back in a very limited capacity. Uh, Jeff, you told me you, you got people showing up like gangbusters. Last week I preached and you've seen my campus. This room is gigantic. We could, we could fit 400 people easy, 500 people easy. I preached to, uh, 180 empty chairs and 20 chairs with people in them. It wow. Was, it was, it's, God love those people who show up, but yeah. there's part of me that would rather preach to an empty room than preach to 20 people That's in hard. that room. Yeah. If you've, if you've got a smaller, you know, because we have people listening right now who are like, 20 people, man, that's my whole church. Sure, but I hope that you're not in a room that can hold 500 because if they were all together, yeah. it'd be a little simpler, but whoo, they're spread out. So anyway. So we're back at it, but we're not back at it in some ways. Um, pastorally, what I have found in the last couple of weeks, uh, I started doing something that I call digital office hours. People sign up, and then they can either say, I want a phone call or I want a Zoom call. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then I basically I call them at the appointed time. And I really didn't know how that would go, how people would, you know, if people would sign up. And I've just been blown away by the number of folks who have signed up for that and the conversations that I've been able to have. 
And Jeff, my my campus um, that I pastor is, you know, on a average pre-pandemic, you know, average Sunday in the fall, you know, it's 350 to 400 adults, you know, in the room. Uh, and so I don't know everybody. Even after three years, I don't know everybody. And I've been really getting to know some folks through this digital office hours thing. So that's been a boon, a boon, I say, for me pastorally. I have felt more like a pastor in the past three weeks than probably I did for that first four months. Uh, Because for me, pastoring is about people. And so to have not been able to be with my people was real hard for me. Uh, and, and, uh, so that's been huge pastorally, but preaching to a, a room of 20 people is not, uh, it's decidedly unawesome. I'm, I, I, if one of them were to listen to this, I wouldn't want them to think I'm not grateful. I'm super grateful for people to come back. Um, but it is just a weird vibe, you know, preaching to a huge room that only has 20 people in it. Uh, so, you know, it's a balance. We're figuring it out still. Our online stuff is going you know, pretty well, but that's a learning curve too, because you gotta, you gotta mix for online and, you know, we got volunteer sound people, man. They're not, you know, we're, we're making do for the room and then it's a totally different mix to get it online. So yeah, exactly. Uh, God love them. They're doing their best. I, so I'm not trying to besmirch the work of my volunteers, but it's just, we're growing, growing, growing every week in terms of skill, not in terms of number of people. That is not growing, <laughs> but in terms of what we're learning and doing, uh, we continue to grow. So it's, yeah, it's a mixed bag, I guess, but I would say digital office hours have been a saving grace for me personally. How about you, I, man? I just ran into somebody today at, uh, at the, at the gas station and he, he looked at me and he said, um, you know, my, my wife is just not ready to come back yet. And I said to him, his name was Jeff as well. And I said, Jeff, you, I, I see people all the time and they feel like they have to tell me why they haven't been back to church. But, sure. the, but they're watching online. They're watching online. And, yeah, and yeah, I yeah. told him, <laughs> I told him, you know, I don't know how I feel, honestly, about people coming back into the room. Still, I'm not sure how I feel because yeah. I care about my people. And I think, you know, we don't know. We don't know who has what. And we don't know who's going to be uh, succumb right. to this virus, you know, a lot of people don't, some people do. And it almost feels like you're playing a little bit of, of Russian roulette, so to speak, that's you know, true. every Sunday. And so far everything has been fine and, and that's yeah. good. That's good. Uh, but, but people are still telling me, and, and I told him, I said, you know, I, I'm not going to tell anybody they should come back to church. Uh, I'm not going to tell, yeah. I'm not going to tell people they can't come back. But if they want to come back, then we've got a number of safeguards in place and yeah. a number of guidelines that, that are not onerous, but they're common sense, and we're just trying to do our best. And yeah. we've got tops, we've got maybe 50% back uh, on any given Sunday, and sometimes not that much. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you got to own up, Jeff. you got to own up to our listeners right now. You're not making them wear masks. You're saying Dr. Fauci, no. Dr. Burks, forget you. I don't need you and your stupid advice. You're riding well, with Kem Reynolds, our governor, one of two governors in America who's not asking people to wear masks. Now, John, I'm a little sensitive now. I'm a little sensitive here. You now can about edit this. this out if you want to. <laughs> no, 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 we can't edit it out because the the, the truth is 
uh, just like so many people. I'm just like so many people. So today, today my wife calls me, and she's she's with my daughter and son-in-law, yeah. and she says to me, um, "I don't, I'm not comfortable with what you're planning on doing this weekend." <laughs> and and my daughter's not comfortable, and my son-in-law's not comfortable. And she said, I don't want you to be mad at me, and I know you've thought about this, but I'm not. Now, it has nothing to do with church, but it has to do with my mom, who is failing in a nursing home, and I decided I would fly there to visit sure. with her on Friday and then fly back here to Des Moines on Monday. Are and they going to let you in? Well, and I would I would help help my sisters out and encourage them a little bit because they've got to go every day. One of them has to go every day and and help to feed her because the place yeah. where she's at, they're technically not supposed to feed or assist feeding the residents. The people have to feed themselves. Well, my oh, mom's man. not my mom's not there. She's in the late stages of some kind of dementia, and it's not you know working out that well. So right. I've got I've got like seven days at home. My wife is in Virginia. I had seven days there, and then I came home. And my wife said, I, "I'm not. You know, you're going to be on the plane." And you know, I pick Delta where they do every other seat, and I wear a mask, and I do all this stuff, sure. and and yet I had to think through. And she said to me, "You know, well, this is how, but this is how it happens. You've just been on a plane coming from Virginia, and three days later you're getting on a plane and you're going to Detroit and oh, picking up a flight to Buffalo. Then you're going to go in, and if you give it to your mom." Because you don't know if you've picked it up on the plane. And then she gives it to a worker who goes home and shares it with her husband, who then later on dies. Do you really want to you know, be a part of that whole mix? And, oh, and honestly, honestly, I did not want, I'm just totally transparent here. I really didn't personally, I didn't want my wife and my kids telling me what to do, right? <laughs> sure, yeah. But- but as I told my daughter later, I'm learnable, right? <laughs> I'm learnable, uh, teachable. Yeah. And so I thought about it and I said, you know, uh, I'm pushing it anyway. I was I meant to stay home now. And there's a lot of other considerations. But I just decided, yeah, I, I got to cancel. I'm just going to cancel my flight. And I'm Are just going to really? stay here. Yeah, so I did. I canceled my flight. Oh, man. And I'm not going to – my mom's not going to – she's not going to miss me. She's not going to know – if I was mm. there or not, and I it it, it pains me not sure to go it does, because man. it That's really could be the hard. last that could be the last time I see her, you know, alive. Oh man, Jeff, and, that's, that's tough. You know, but three months ago I was there, and I I said goodbye to her then, and uh, and so so I'm just like everybody else. I'm trying to. I was booking yeah. the flight, and I said to my sister, "Oh wait a minute, I, I completely forgot about COVID." I forgot about this. <laughs> sure, right. You yeah, know? yeah. So I went from American Airlines to Delta because they have, you know, spaced out seating. Right. And then in the long run, I, I couldn't do it anyway. So so at my church, oh. and I just had a guy from Ankeny call me today and he said, uh, he said, Yeah, man, we've got these oh, we've got these discussions about masks at our church and they're driving me crazy. And then my son today pulls up this guy on on Facebook, and this guy's saying this is not a mask. This is not a mask. This is a, um, oh, what's the term that he used? Uh, it makes you know, you do what we tell you to do. Um, oh, boy. 
Oh, it's a compliance device. Oh, my God. This is not a mask. It's a compliance device. And we live in the United <laughs> States of America. And it, If I'm going to die, I'm dying without oh a mask. Oh, man. And this guy's a pastor, right? He's a oh, pastor. Oh, they're the worst. Somebody listening right now is offended that we're saying this. You're the worst if you're I don't doing care. these videos. I you're don't care. You're the worst. It's you're terrible. You're a pastor, for God's sake. You are, in you are supposed to love your neighbor. That's your number one calling in life. What are you doing, man? So, what so wait a minute. What are you doing? So we've got more to say on that, Johnny. But because we've got, yes, we've only got twelve episodes in, so it's all sorry. pent up. It's all going to come out in this episode. But so, so at my church, at my church, yeah. we've got a huge eight hundred seat auditorium. I mean, it's just a huge auditorium yeah, for sure. Yeah, and, yeah. and we've got a very a relatively small lobby, and we've got bunch of doors at the front yeah at the front door so we prop those babies open we have the air going we keep all the doors open people come in they sit down they're spaced apart it's as yeah. close to being outside while still being inside as we can possibly create and we've not had more than 120 people in a room that could hold 800 so, i shouldn't be busting your so so ha that. so like maybe Maybe thirty to fifty percent on every any given Sunday will come in with a mask on, and sure. we we tell them every week, you know, as you're being dismissed, just respect each other's space. Please go out on the front patio outside and visit out there. It's been summer; we've got good weather. So yep. you know, and but what's been happening is that masks are become a little bit more ubiquitous. Like it's like. Not that big of a deal to put a mask on because, after all, now we have right. to wear masks to go into Target, go into Walmart. Right, we get, right. You know, right. we're starting to get used. The culture's breaking and shifting a little bit. And I think that once the winter hits and we're going to say, hey, if we're going to meet, listen, let's, we're just going to have, we're all just going to wear a mask. And sure. We'll, we'll be mostly used to it by then. Um, it is unfortunate that elements of our society, have encouraged people to perceive such a thing as, you know, some freedom or political thing when right. we're, we're just trying to be healthy and protect the vulnerable around us. That's, see, that's the biggest thing. And for me, you know, we did an episode a million years ago about my daughter and she was on a ventilator and oh the whole my goodness. nine yards. Yeah, a and year so and a half you, ago. When you, when you wear a mask... You know, it's not about you. And that's like, that's where I say, we're Christians, for goodness sake. We follow Jesus, who, being God, did not consider equality with God something uh, right to be owned or lorded over people, became a servant. We can't serve people by wearing a mask. We, the followers of Jesus, who who literally died for other people, can't be bothered to put on a mask. Come on, yeah. man. And, and to see your daughter for close to 30 days on oh, a man, yeah. on, on like four different respirators because <laughs> yeah, this one we, wasn't working we wore it out we wore it out we wore out the ventilator system yeah i i didn't know at the time i had no idea there were more there were different kinds i didn't i thought it was just what you know you get the one no they get you oxygen a lot of ways in the yeah. hospital. Yeah. yeah so yeah so after seeing that and yeah you, you just have a different a different perspective. So, mm -hmm. Johnny, can can we can we just take a little bit of a diversion here cuz there's something that that is just grinds my gears. Yeah. And and it's and it's it's pastors who think that they have to meet 
in order to maintain some some spiritual fidelity mm-hmm. and devotion to God and that the church has to meet together and that the government can't tell and that and they get they get on their soapboxes and then then God forbid it happens that the media comes in and they they're making yeah. statements and recently <laughs> a very high profile pastor decided that you know their church was going to meet in defiance of the state mandates and, and he got up and, on Sunday and in recent Sunday and he gave a message that I listened to afterwards on, on YouTube in its entirety there was nothing mostly nothing about the message that I would disagree with except for one thing and I, I told my wife um, I'm like this guy's smarter than me I just flat out he's smarter than I am He's been pastoring for more years. He's written books like crazy. I, I respect the guy for what he's done, but he had a fatal flaw to his message, and that is that he, he conflated uh, the church, a, a, a group of people gathered with the church, the body mm. of Christ. Yeah. And, you know, you, you talk about where you've got people that are all filled with fear. They're isolated and they're told to not leave their homes and wear masks, and then you close down the only place of hope where they can get the gospel. And I'm thinking, right there, you, you misdefine the church. Hmm. No, no, the church doesn't close down. If it's ever closed down to the world, it's when it's gathered for worship. <laughs> That's when it's not out in the world. Right? right? So, no, the church is not stopped or thwarted just because it's told it can't meet all together in its holy worship huddle. And obviously, duh, we all love our holy worship huddles, right? It, it is commanded in the scripture that we get together. But there wasn't a physical church structure for the first couple hundred years of the church's existence. They it somehow didn't exist. managed. It's like they somehow still managed. They not only managed, they thrived. <laughs> they thrived. So for pa- so for a pastor to tell his people, you need to be here, and we're not going to social distance. We're just going to we're going to be who we are. It it just flies in the face of a theological understanding of the body of Christ. It flies yeah. into the face of our understanding of our mission, and it flies in the face of of an evangelical love that we ought to be having for our our community where we say, hey, we're in it with you. You can't go to church. You can't go to school. You can't get together with your extended family. Yeah, we get it. We can't either. And we're not meeting together as a church, but we're doing just like you're doing. We're taking advantage of what we can. Johnny, I'm on my soapbox, but I'm telling you, some some of my people will glom onto that. And they will use this guy's reasoning, which, yeah. as far as I'm concerned, and uh, I'm I approve of me, and I'm only one that needs to, but it's terrible. It, it's it further misteaches people who they are, who they yeah. are. You are the body of Christ. You're a follower of Jesus. Well, you, that and, goes with yeah. People saying, "Well, the, if the bars are open, the churches." For God's sake, the bars—that's our—that's where we are taking our. That's how we decide if we can open. If yeah. the bars are open, 
Get out of here with this. What are you talking about? Darn, shouldn't we be better than the bars? Shouldn't we be better than the than the the uh bowling alleys? It's the church, man. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm you know I'm with you, man. Well we're alienating all our listeners. The eleven people who stick around for season two are gonna be into it though. Okay, listen. If you're a listener <laughs> and you're like tweaked by this, let me ask you a question. How long have you been listening? Do you trust us? <laughs> do you do you trust us? Have have we not wormed our way into your heart and home <laughs> and 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 life? It, it it's and it's not so much do you trust that what we're saying is true, but do you sure. trust us enough to hang with us and to just right. to just stretch our thinking to just think about just think about these things for a little bit and not just immediately shut off the dial because hey. I went and I listened to this guy. I listened to his whole message. I, yeah. I wanted to know what rationale are you using because maybe I, I've got something to learn and maybe I need to change my thinking because I change sure. my thinking when I hear better thoughts. Sure. This, this just didn't happen in my estimation to be better thoughts, but yeah. it might have been, so I was willing to listen. Well, but I think so it's really important. I think that gets us to what I think – I don't, we don't need to do a rundown of every episode. If you want to, I suppose we can. But what I was hoping for season two of this podcast, what we were hoping as we talked about it together, was to, to ask the question, are we being more shaped by our identity as believers in Christ? Or are we being more shaped by a particular view of what it means to be Christians in America? And a lot of the coronavirus mask stuff you see it jeff you see it and these people we have to ask ourselves am i being more shaped by my sense of personal liberty am i being more shaped by my sense of freedoms and my rights am i being more shaped by uh my perception politically or am i being shaped by the gospel of jesus which says love your neighbor as yourself place the needs of others before your own needs and then we have to just sit in that for a second and I think season two, we're talking about the brass tacks where the rubber meets the road, real life, you might call it social issues, political issues, whatever you want to call it. But we're talking about the real places now where we as pastors, and not everybody who listens is a pastor, so we as leaders in our churches, we as believers in Jesus, we as pastors, where we are going, how we are going to understand ourselves in this world. How are we going to be shaped? What are we going to be shaped by? And what are we going to be pointing back to? So what is shaping us? And then in turn, what are we pointing back to now that we have been shaped and formed? And so we're going to we're gonna have hard conversations, which is something we've always done on this podcast intermittently. But it's yeah. going to be kind of yeah. like they're going to roll out all in a row. <laughs> the hard conversations are yeah. going to kind of like roll out. And unfortunately, we live in such a divided partisan time and again we've been shaped now more uh by our political affiliation i think than we have been shaped by the gospel that some of the things we talk about are going to tweak people who listen they're going to say we're this thing or that thing or we're this party or that party whatever i'm start i'm going to come out ahead of that whole thing and just say it's not about that you and i are doing our darndest jeff we're doing our darndest to not be shaped by those conversations uh, but to have these deeper theological conversations and how they connect and intersect 
with our real lived lives as people in this culture and in this world through the lens of the gospel, that is the kingdom of God, who Jesus was and what Jesus came to do and accomplish. Uh, and that's the conversations that we want to have. And if it pushes people and it makes people think we're, you know, whatever, 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 I'm fine with it, Jeff, because I don't want to be shaped by that. I want to be shaped by the good news. Johnny, I love that. Um, I just talked with, and when we, when we stop recording, I'll have to talk to you about this. I'm not ready to drip it out yet, but talk to one of our guests that it's going to be in, in this second season. And, uh, and he's, he needs to, uh, he needs to share what he believes and not hold back. Um, and, and he's just, he's growing so weary of holding back for, Mm. for the purpose of not, offending or inordinately taxing somebody's, you know, feelings or whatever. And, and so we, we had a long conversation and and the truth is he and I, I I believe I'm pretty certain we just disagree on some of the issues that, that we, we want to talk about. But I said to him, it'd be great for us to model a conversation where people disagree on an issue Sure, but they are completely united in Jesus as brothers in Christ, where they're showing love and care and respect yeah. for one another, and humility toward one another, and a desire to to care for each other, and yeah. and, and then we can talk about these things, and there's a few things that we would want to probably, I don't know, part ways might be too strong a term, but it might not be. You know the 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 person of God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, uh, the 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 veracity or or the the reliability and the authority of the Scriptures in our lives, and then maybe the the way the way to God through Christ. I mean, those things are pretty important. You know who God is. You know yeah. how we hear from Him through the Scriptures, and then the fact that that His Son has come to save us and to to draw us to the Father. And other than that. You know, all the other things, all the other things, we can agree to disagree. And my goodness, we we have to. We What's the alternative? The alternative is, oh, wait, we have that. Like, what is it, a thousand <laughs> yeah, different yeah, we denominations? See a, we see it play out, absolutely. All these all different the denominations. And in, every, and in every town, there are multiple buildings. And every building thinks it's a different church. They think they're like their own church. When in reality, there's just one church in the community. It's all those people who have placed their faith in Jesus Christ. They're one church. So I think we want to emphasize, as we talk about cultural issues, as we talk about rubber meets the road issues, we want to emphasize the fact that there's there's only one church. Yeah. There's not multiple church. I mean, we don't get to say, and we don't get to create or make multiple churches. There's one church, and somehow that has to be a primary lens through which we see the world and not through all these man-made, man-invented and created denominational structures and systems where Jesus said it to, uh, uh, they said, hey, you're, you're like what Isaiah said, you know, you're, you, you honor me with your lips, but your hearts are far from me. Hmm. In vain do you worship me, he said. And I, I tell you, I don't want to be one of those people. Well, we've been proudly ecumenical 
since the beginning, Jeffrey. Is that the right word? Interdenominational, at least, if not ecumenical. Um, we've been proudly loving, uh, appealing to folks from all uh, across the denominational spectrum, and we continue to to you know try to be. We don't want to hunker down any which place, uh, but we want to yeah push the envelope and keep the conversation going. So, look, we're pushing on thirty minutes, and I'm going to run out of battery, Jeff. So I just want to say. Stick around for season two. We're going to be rolling out at the beginning of September. Uh, if this episode upsets you, uh, definitely listen to season two because you're going to get even more worked up. And if this episode thrilled you, then definitely listen to season two because you'll be even more thrilled, I'm sure, by uh, the goodness <laughs> of 200 churches. Jeff, any parting shots here as we sign off and, and leave people just wanting more? I just want to encourage pastors, my goodness, go back to the basics. What is the body of Christ? How should it function? And if you really want an Acts chapter 2 church, or if you want a church from the book of Acts, then stay out of your building. Stay out of your building. Find small gathering places to men work. They didn't even have social media back then. How, how did they do it? They didn't have te- television. They didn't have anything. And somehow they didn't have to meet in a building. If you want to be an Acts 2 church, then you know you don't have to look to your building to do that. So, so go back to the basics. Know who you are in Christ. Tell your people who they are in Christ. And remind your people who it is that they're following. They're followers of Jesus. And the Lord Jesus Christ, who sits on the throne, seen as a lamb who has been slain, does not share his glory with any others. It's just a thought. Jeff, I love that. You're right. I agree. And I can't wait to dig into it now on season two of the 200 Churches podcast. So stick around. Beginning of September, we'll be back. And we cannot wait to see you then.